and I am Steve. I don't remember if I introduced myself. Welcome to Grace Church. <laughs> We're learning to be a spiritual family on mission together, advancing His kingdom one heart at a time. My um, ask for this week, Isaiah 32, verse 17. If you don't already have scriptures that you're sitting with Jesus with or you want to eat a passage with us, uh, Isaiah 32, 17. We'll get into that today. Want to, man, I want to say thank you so much for all the love and support of my, uh, for my family uh, on my mom's behalf. Uh, we have been truly blessed. Uh, Mike and Kelly, Mike's my brother, they went back to Dallas yesterday. But just the whole weekend, guys, and I know you're praying for us. And I know my mom is part of the great cloud of witnesses who's praying for us. But I'm telling you, this weekend was absolutely remarkable. Uh, Agape love was with us all weekend long, as I'm sure my mom was praying would happen. Nothing but love and goodwill. And when you know that you're loved, there's nothing to prove. You're not trying to earn something. You're not going after anything. You're just at rest. And when you're at rest, you're free to love and be kind and generous. So I'm just so thankful for all the prayers. Uh for our family. Let's see. Yeah, my brother, I knew there was something else. My brother David had said, uh, and many of you know he and Andrea and Amanda, Christian and Eric, but uh, he said, what a blessing to have a church family that loves us so well. And uh, as I said earlier, they'll know we're his disciples by how we love. And notice he didn't, he didn't say they'll know that you're my disciples if you pray for someone that's lost a loved one or you take them some dinner or you attend a service. He didn't give the description. He left that open to his creativity. What he said was, love each other. And I'll tell you how you can serve that family the best. And so when you're at rest, you're surrendered to him you're surrendered to creative love. I mean, life becomes exciting now. Who wants to do something out of our own ideas, our own ritual and rote? Uh, our role is to walk in love, and then love is so creative, so spontaneous. He, he, how many of you know he knows what the family or the, that person needs more than you do? So then you surrender to his creativity, and one day it may be an apple pie, one day it may be mowing their lawn. I mean, who knows? But the... The instruction was love, and he didn't leave the detail. Father, thank you for the Word of God this morning, and thank you for the richness of love uh, on earth as it is in heaven. That, Lord, we're a community here. We're a culture of heaven on earth. We will not wait until we're in heaven to live like we're from there. We have been born from above, as Jesus said in John chapter 3. We've been born of heaven's Spirit. And now we're colonizing this area with your glory. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we've been talking about uh, the kingdom of God being one of the things that Jesus taught. That not just that God had a kingdom, but that it was accessible. Everybody say accessible. So how do we do it? Well, acknowledge the kingdom. Every day, all day, every day, acknowledge that He's present. Receive the kingdom because you can't earn it. So you're a good branch. You receive. Invest all of yourself in the kingdom. Give all of yourself to Him. 
Uh, Number four, embrace the kingdom as your daily reality. And we have been talking about that. We're going to move on from that today. But let me just say this. When you embrace God's truth, you embrace the real reality. Don't think for a second what you see on TV or on the news is the real reality. If you embrace the Spirit, the kingdom of God, which is in the Holy Spirit, everything physically you see originated in the unseen realm. So the parent reality, the great reality, is the unseen realm. Everything you see and touch and feel here is temporary. That which you do not see is eternal. Amen. So uh, when the kingdom is your, your reality, what we've been talking about is if you embrace the kingdom, you embrace, and I love this statement, a life full of love, the love of God that is without fear. And we're learning to be people who are not afraid. We are not fearful people. Why? Because 1 John 4.18 says perfect love has cast out all fear. So love and fear are like water and oil. They don't, they don't mix. So if you're full of the love of God, then you're a vessel of God that lives without fear. A life full of God's perfect love is a life free from fear. And you get to be now free from self-protection. You get to be free from your own ego and pride. Right? How dare you say that to me? You can't insult me like that. Well, how are you insulted? You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So the only view you have of that person is Christ's view of that person. And if they're insulting him or you, they're just insulting him. Amen? So once you're free from yourself, (laughs) protecting yourself, saving yourself, defending yourself, guarding yourself, your fortresses, your possessions, all those things, guess what now? You're free to be given. You're, You're free to be sown. Jesus said that the sons of the kingdom is what the Father sowed into the world. We've been sown. But boy, it's hard to be sown if you're clinging to the sower's hand. He's like, come on. Jaretta, get off of there. Trying to sow you. No, Lord, I'm afraid. He's like, why are you afraid? Don't be afraid. uh, God sent Jesus Christ as perfect love to remove all fear. Fear of separation. Fear of not enoughness. Fear of not good enough. You name it. He has sent Christ to dissolve all fear. So now we're free to be given. We're free to serve. We're free to help other people. We're free to have a Thanksgiving outreach where we give away 500 and something turkey dinners. Not just turkey. There's ham in there. Turkey, ham. You get a double portion of real meat. (laughs) And then dressing and gravy and all that. Why? Because we're not afraid of not having enough. We're not afraid of not paying the bills. Because if it's His will, it's His bill. (laughs) Some of you better write that on your fridge. I just feel that in my spirit. (laughs) We're free to serve, free to give, free to help. Why? Because you're already one with God. The Lord's your shepherd. You don't lack for anything. You're you're filled up to all the fullness of God. Uh, He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Is that in 2 Peter? It, it is. It's in Scripture. You have all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you've got nothing to earn. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
Boy, the Western church, if they could get one thing, could they just, Lord, we just pray, <laughs> include ourselves in that. There's nothing to earn. Jesus got you everything there is out there. You can't get more stuff than Jesus got you. Come on, you know that's right. God, the only one who could have done anything about your sin, debt, and separation issue, did. He did do it. And so there's nothing to earn, nothing to prove, nothing to gain, nothing to fear, nothing to protect. Many of you who knew my mom, you know, were watching that video of her, even all the way back to the Methodist church and all those years. She gave and gave and gave. I mean, my goodness. Meals, youth groups, raising kids. Yeah, her house, hospitality, the missionary from the Philippines. That's what he remembers about her was the dinner she cooked for all of them. (laughs) Opened her home to them. Write this down if you want to. A life inhabited by God is a life not inhibited by fear. If you're inhabited by God, God is perfect love. To be inhabited by God is not to be inhibited by fear anymore. And that's what we're learning to do. We're going to be unafraid. Well, I'm afraid though. I mean, if people knew that I had, you know, problems and I have this little secret thing I really struggle with. Listen, we already know. We know you're not perfect. You're not fooling us. (laughs) The only person you'd be fooling is yourself. Because we know everybody in this room needs Jesus. We all have the same flesh that works against the Spirit. It just comes in different ways. (laughs) I don't know that we even picked them. Your pet sin or whatever it is you struggle with. For some it might be, you know, an anger issue. Others it might be dishonesty, which both those come out of fear. Others it might be lust. It might be control. Whatever it is, it's all the same flesh. And that's how, when Jesus, you know, Ron Bridges, we were at uh, Prayer Shield yesterday, and he had such a great analogy. Do you remember the old transparencies? Uh, the, the sheets of clear, I didn't even, plastic? Is that what it was? Okay. When you lay that thing on the, what's the projector called? Overhead projector. When you lay the transparency on the overhead projector, the light didn't put anything on the transparency. The light only revealed what was already on it. Okay, so we all have stuff on our transparency and the light illuminates it. But you know what Jesus does when he sees it? He comes, puts his arm around you and says, I see it. I know you can see it now. Let's walk this out together to freedom. That's a, he doesn't freak out. Oh my gosh. Jaretta has this like he doesn't know. Here's the other thing. Juretta didn't become a sinner because she committed a sin. Juretta was born into sin. We can thank Adam for that. We all got this, uh, what's that? Parasite. <laughs> Stacy used to watch that show. What was it called? Monsters Inside. Don't watch it. It's, it's not good. <laughs> mess, mess your head up. But, uh, Paris. Not hers, I mean ours, mess our head up. There's a parasite, we all have sin. Paul said the things I, I do, or that I want to do, I don't do, and then sometimes the things I don't want to do, I end up doing, but it's not even me, it's sin within me. So we all have it, let's quit faking. 
and help each other. And then I told Ron, one of the things Ron Bridges is great at is when the light illumines through what's written on the transparency, he put, he's just like Jesus. He'll put his arm around you and say, yeah, I see it. You see it. What are we going to do about it? Let's, let's go together. I'm not freaking out over. What is it? Oh, love sees 2020 and loves through. Love is not blind. That's what she was saying. Love can see it, but love puts his arm or her arm around you and says, let's go together. Let's, let's walk it out together. Get, get your freedom that he paid for. Fair enough. So we're learning, you know, to be that kind of, that kind of spiritual family and community that we want to be real with each other. We want to be authentic with each other because true authentic Christianity is drenched in community. Did you know that? I mean, read the book of Acts. Look at Jesus and the disciple, his disciples. It's drenched in community. So we're learning to walk in real authentic love towards each other. And uh, it's beautiful to see. Nothing to earn, nothing to prove, nothing to gain. Uh, we're just here to help. And as I said, a life inhabited by God. And we are inhabited people. Christ lives in us. So the separation is ended. You don't need to be afraid. The first fruit of sin was separation uh, with Adam and Eve. They went away and, and hid. So that brings me to number five. Oh, my bad. It's still up there. Number five, rest in the kingdom. Acknowledge the kingdom, receive the kingdom, invest in the kingdom, embrace the kingdom. And then number five, rest in the kingdom. So now that you're no longer afraid, you're no longer afraid. Perfect love has cast out fear. You gnosko, you have a personal knowing. When scripture talks about knowledge and knowing, it's not talking about head knowledge. Most of the time it's talking about an interactive relationship. That's, that's that knowing, an interactive relationship. And so uh, now that we gnosko the love of God, we're at rest. And rest produces all kinds of great things. Hear me now. Rest produces all kinds of great things. When we met, my brothers and I met with the uh, estate attorney on Friday. He kept trying to tell us, you don't know how many families I've seen blown up over estate stuff. And we're all like, well, that's, that's not who we are. I said, my mom would be appalled if we entered into all that. We're not doing that. But she took care of a bunch of that anyway. But I'm just saying, when you're at rest and you're not afraid... See, why do families blow up over estate stuff? Because they're afraid. I got to get mine. You don't own anything. You, if you're born again, you gave it all to Christ. Now, I expect the world to do that because the world is tooth and nail to, to clutch onto everything here. They, they don't know what we know. <laughs> they don't know Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else that you guys worry about will be added to you. They don't know that. But as far as born-again Christians, we don't run in there grasping for everything. i got to get mine. Man, the Lord is your shepherd. You don't lack for anything. And so my mom taught us that well. We're, we're all at rest. And like I said, just such goodwill. Agape is benevolence. It's goodwill. That's what agape love is. And Scripture says God is agape. It's a noun. 
So it produces all kinds of generosity and kindness instead of jockeying for stuff and, and trying to get stuff. So let's turn to John 13, 3. I didn't put it on the screen, but turn to John 13, 3. There's Bibles in front of you if you want to use it. Or if it's on your device that you're addicted to, you can use that. <laughs> All right, John 13, 3. Listen to this, guys. This is a principle of Scripture that's going to help you your whole life. John 13, 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given, Father, had given all things into His hands. Do you see that? Does He lack for anything? No. The Father had given all things to His Son, Jesus. He knew, He knew that He had come from God and was going back to God. So He knew His identity and His mission. He rose from supper, laid aside His garments, took a towel, wrapped it around Himself poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. My goodness. Jesus is so at rest in the Father's love and provision that He is taking His, even though He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, He's taking His lofty status as His Father's Son and has need of nothing. What's He doing with it? Everybody in this room, bow down and serve me. Everybody in this room, pay homage to me. Do you know who I am? He's taking the lofty position, all that resource, and using it to serve. Amen. He knew he'd come from God, was going back to God, so he washed their feet. See, when you know the rest, and you're at rest and in the love and the provision of your Heavenly Father, then His desire and ability... To be good to other people is the result. Amen. Hear me now. It's so important. When you really know you're at rest in the love and the provision of your Heavenly Father, that, that He's given all things to you, which is what Scripture says. In Christ you have everything you have need of. You don't lack for anything. All things that pertain to life and godliness, so He's committed it into your hands. That, that rest in you is going to produce not only the desire, but the ability to carry out what love asks you to do. It's going to produce results. So as I've said earlier, John 13, 34, Jesus said, By this, all men will know you're my followers if you love each other. He did not say, well, if you wash each other's feet, then they'll know. He didn't say, well, if you worship me, then they'll know. He didn't say, if you give $10 to a widow, then they'll know. He didn't give a specific deed. He said love. And when you're connected to love, then love does what love does. And it's creative and it's organic and it's beautiful. And you, you might get to make chicken divan one day and take it to a family. And then, and then maybe chicken lo mein the next time. Or maybe can I, you know, can I wash your car for you? Everything serves the purpose of demonstrating love. Turkey demonstrates love. They think they're getting turkey, but they're getting love. Love is what did that. How on earth do we come up with the idea every Thanksgiving day we should just do an outreach, we should meet up here, and we should feed people who have to work on on Thanksgiving day so that they can know God loves them? How does that happen? It wasn't an earthly idea. It was love's idea from a group of people who are at rest in the Father's love and provision because we're at rest, works happen. Rest produces works. 
But the beautiful part is nobody's doing the works for themselves. I'm not doing a work to gain something. I'm not serving somebody, Turkey, so I can be righteous. That would be self-centered and ungodly. That's what got Lucifer thrown out of heaven. Pride and self-centeredness. This is a love that wants nothing back. This is a love that just gives and gives because it's full. It lacks nothing. It's overflowing. There was something somebody else said earlier. I can't remember that we were giving away. Yeah, uh, the dessert night. You know, whether it's giving dessert or whatever it is we're, we're doing. The worship night, you know. The night, night of sweetness. How does that happen? Love does it. It's not the deed. Don't look at the deed. Look at the heart behind it. That's what he's interested in. Because as Paul wrote, you can have the tongues of men and of angels. You can give your own body as a burnt sacrifice. You can have faith to move mountains, Larry. But if you have not love, you're on the gong show. Bong. You missed it. <laughs> that's And everybody sees it and everybody heard it. So that's why he didn't identify a specific deed. So what do you do? You connect to love. And then love looks like him. Abide, ways, works. But the works of Christ is the creativity that comes from his love. You can't even, you know the triangle I'm talking about? We define a disciple as abide in Him. We're connected to Him. Uh, walk in His ways and then do His works. We're connected to Christ's love. We look like Christ because we're full of love. And then in surrendering to love, you, you uh, surrendering to Christ, you surrender to creative love. And the deeds or the doing His works could look like anything. It could look like an apple pie. It could look like spending every Tuesday night with Will. Or Larry, it could look like taking Scott to lunch once a week and just reading scripture together. Don't, don't make a method out of it. Keep your human reasoning out of it and stay creative. Stay authentic. Stay spontaneous. If you surrender to Christ, you surrender to creative love. Go beyond whatever the deeds are. You see how man does that. Religion will do it. Religion will kill love and its spontaneity. The, the beautiful part of it is if you if you don't name the deed every single day of your life, then it keeps you dependent on Christ. You, you're connected to Him. You're listening to Him. Why? Why is this important? Because only He knows what Larry really needs. You might look at his lawn and think he needs the lawn mowed, but maybe Jesus says, you know what he really needs is a night out with a good friend. Why don't you just invite him to dinner? <laughs> I nailed that, did I? <laughs> he needs a break <laughs> and a night out with a good friend to dinner. That's, that's the creativity of Christ. It's beautiful because he's the vine and you're the branch. Don't name all the deeds and ask him to bless it. Just live, abide in him, stay connected to Christ. If you're connected to Christ, you're connected to his love. You start looking like him. By this, all men will know that you're following me and you're with me because of love. And then when you're doing his works, you're doing whatever creative love is doing today. Lord, who you want to love on today? And what does it look like? Because it may be turkey. How about 4th of July? It's bratwursts. But they're not getting brought worse. They're getting the love of God. And the beautiful part is we're doing it from a place of rest. Rest works. When we're at rest, God works hard. 
When we're at rest, God works hard. Could you imagine, though, if we opened our parking lot on 4th of July or we did the Thanksgiving outreach and delivered all those dinners and, and we stood there like I walked into the break room at Crest and here's 50 dinners for everybody who's working today. Hey, we love you and God loves you. And I lay them down and then I stand there and say, and by the way, will you be at church on Sunday? It would kill it, wouldn't it? Why? Because we're wanting something back. Is that what love does? Love wants a return? Love wants payment? Love wants dividends? No. Love is full. And love is generous and kind. But only when you rest in His love will you be free to be creative and spontaneous. And then He'll tell you exactly what needs to happen because He knows what the person actually needs. Amen. Love it. It'll keep you dependent and His love will supply the creativity. Maybe it is washing somebody's feet. Maybe it's cleaning their house, cooking their dinner. Maybe it's investing them one-on-one. Maybe it's Thanksgiving Day outreach. But I tell you, it has to be said a thousand times. When you look at our definition of a disciple with abide ways works, abide is Live connected to Christ. You do that all, you know, it all takes care of itself. It's like Matthew 6, 33. You hang out with Jesus. You're in love with Jesus. You're connected to Jesus all day, every day. You're going to look like Jesus and then love's going to tell you what to do. And it may not be different from day to day. And, you know, here's an interesting thought that just came to me. Guard against successes... Just because he told you to mow that person's lawn and you did and they were so blessed and they cried and all that, that doesn't mean you better not ask him next time, what do you want to do for this person? Because human reasoning gets in there and says, well, that was so amazing. I was blessed and we were all crying. It was amazing. Let's do that again. He's going to say, well, hold on. I'm the vine. You're the branch. I know what they really have need of in this situation. So even though that one worked before, well done, stay dependent, stay abiding. The rest will take care of itself. It's a life of joy and fun to be daily connected to creative love. People who are at rest, who've quit trying to earn something, prove something or get something. Those people are at rest in the love of God. And when they're at rest in the love of God, they're not afraid. They're not afraid to give. They're not afraid to share. They're not afraid to be vulnerable. Does this make sense to you? But I want to say this grace, the grace of God and the rest of God, when you're at rest in Him, are not opposed to works. They're just opposed to earning. They're opposed to an attitude of independence. And that's the caution I would give you that if He told you to do something and it worked super well one time, that you go back to him because if you just run out and copycat it and do it again for that person because it worked, you're actually living independent of Christ. You're just trying to... Don't do that. Live every day. What does it say, Matthew 4, 4, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's your bread. Your daily bread is whatever he's telling you to do today. Uh, Live connected to him. I think, guys, from the bottom of my heart... One of the things that came out in the letter that I wrote to my mom that was read at the funeral on Thursday, I think one of the greatest legacies that Dot Eden imparted to me and, uh, and to my friends. My friends were afraid of my mom a little bit. 
because she she could tell us what we were doing wrong and she's not even seeing this happen you know like i told you the tape story remember the highway to hell tape my mom really part of her legacy is that she taught me and demonstrated to me and to many of us that god will speak in the present tense he is absolutely alive and well in the earth and that by his spirit we can hear his voice and we can do what he says that my that's that's probably maybe the greatest legacy that my mom inheritance if you will that she's passed on is this just this reality that you can hear the voice of the lord and obey him right here on planet earth you don't have to wait till heaven to meet god and, uh, and that's, I think, a huge cornerstone of this church, that we want people to know. That's why we talk about it's about relationship, not religion. What do we mean by that? Religion is just this man-made thing of tradition, and uh, I don't even know what to say. Just do what you do and on your own. It's independent from God. Religion really is. But a relationship is a gnosko that you know God and you know Him in the present tense. And you take Matthew 4, 4 seriously that I want to live every day by every word that proceeds out of His mouth and do what He says. Amen. And let me say this. I mentioned Jesus' lofty status and provision. King of kings and Lord of lords, right? But He used it to serve. You need to understand who you are in Christ. You are literally actually in reality a child of the same father that jesus christ has his father is your father remember he taught you to pray he introduced the prayer say this our father okay that's the same father jesus had you have the same spirit that raised christ from the dead living in you you have the same provision you need to trust the father in the same way so that you can be given so that you can serve you can take your lofty status as a king's kid and don't turn your nose up at everybody. So here, carry my Bible, man. Be part of my entourage. Don't do any of that stuff. Serve. You have it all. They have nothing. That was by the Spirit right there. You have it all. They have nothing. And what they're, and I'm speaking of the lost, they're just looking for something in this world to give them substance and identity and all that. But in John 13, 3, Jesus knew the Father had given all things into His hands. He didn't lack for anything. He had come from God and He would go back to God. That is you and I's story. That is the description of us. They have nothing. We have everything. And that's why the Lord told us years ago, when you do these outreaches, man, run to the community. If you're going to touch the community, touch them with hands that are full. Don't go asking them for something. Go take me to them. All right, let's get some word in us this morning. Isaiah 32, verse 17. Here it is. You can eat this one this week. The fruit of righteousness. See, there's a byproduct when we're at rest in the righteousness of God. What is it? It's peace. It's shalom. It's harmony with God. It's oneness. It's fullness. It's wholeness. It's actually healing and prosperity. Right, Donna? All that is encapsulated in the word shalom. The fruit of righteousness is peace. It's effect. There's an effect that we as New Testament lens lookers, we're looking at this through the New Testament lens, there's an effect that being made right with God apart from our own works has on us. That it's not me earning my way. Christ made me righteous. So the effect of that righteousness is quietness and confidence forever. In other words, we're not afraid. 
We're not afraid. We're not anxious or worried. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, secure homes. My people will live in undisturbed places of rest. Though hail flattens the forest and the city is leveled, how blessed you will be, sowing your seed by every stream and letting your cattle and donkeys range free. We are unafraid. That is the effect of the gift of Jesus Christ on us. The, uh, the effect of the gift of righteousness. The effect of knowing how loved and provided for that we really are. I think too we get afraid at times because we think it's up to us to make all the money, make all the provision. We're going to have to do it. Why do churches get into abuses where giving is concerned? Why is there manipulation and even twisting of Scripture to appeal to people's greed to try to make ends meet? Why does that happen? They think it's up to them to make the provision. But when we started, we realized if this thing's going to go, let's let it be fully His. And if it's fully His, then we're going to trust Him in the way of provision. He said, Steve, I live inside every born-again believer's heart. I just want you to trust me that I'll speak to them what the needs of the church are. And he said, literally, Larry, he said, I'm going to prove myself to you. And as I look back on it after the passing of my mother, I want to prove to you what your mother proved to you, and that is that I am alive in the present tense, and I speak heart to heart to my people. And so with that, he simply said, just put a box at the back and don't sweat it. So if you're here and you're new, because we get asked this all the time, did we miss the offering? Well, we don't have an offering time. We have a box at the back and just invite you to do whatever the Lord tells you to do in the way of giving. Amen. You know what else he said in that little uh, conversation I was having with him when the church first started? He said, Steve, I'm the greatest giver this world has ever seen. People don't need, my people don't need to be manipulated to give. I'm inside of every one of them. I'm the greatest giver the world has ever seen. And this whole idea that, well, let's get the scriptures pointing a certain way so we can get people to give. We're going to conjure the, the offering and all that is nothing more than fear. It's nothing more than living independently of God. And I'm not talking about promises in Scripture about His provision. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about twisting stuff and appealing to people's flesh and greed to try to make a budget. We're not going to do it. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? He didn't say, I'll give you a bunch to do, and here's the list. I'm going to give you rest. Why? Because out of resting in His love, resting in His provision, you are unafraid. Perfect love has cast out all fear. All kinds of deeds will come out of rest. And it will be creative. It will be whatever He says. Take my yoke upon you and look at this. Learn. Learn from me. You're not even really learning from Steve this morning. It's Christ in you that teaches you. The Holy Spirit's the teacher. And so your spirit man hears things out of the Word of God and it's like, yeah, that's right. You know that because the Holy Spirit's bearing witness and teaching you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humbly in heart. And you'll find, here it is again, rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I love it. Man, religion is a hard taskmaster. Jesus is, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus. I'm going to live connected to Jesus. I'm going to look like Jesus because I'm full of love. And then I'm going to do the deeds of Jesus because love and rest has deeds. 
But they're creative and they're born from Him. And then I love this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 9. I'm the least of all the apostles and I don't deserve to even be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. I was killing people. That's what Paul's saying. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without... That's why I told you that grace and rest and righteousness, that's a gift... God bringing you to Himself in His love and forgiving all your sins has an effect on us. The glory of God is effectual. The love of God is effectual. Come on, you know that's true. Now you have an intellectual view of God's love. Oh, thank you. I'm glad God loves me or whatever. Click, click. Uh, That's not gnosko. (laughs) That's you know God loves you like you know 2 plus 2 is 4. But man, when you can nosco and you understand Him and you're united to His love, it's going to have effect. We are inhabited by God. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost live in us. That, that shouldn't be hid under a bushel. People ought to be able to tell we are inhabited by God, therefore no longer inhibited by fear. And the culture we live in is rife with fear. That TV box you're watching, lit with fear. Guard your heart. Amen. Guard your heart and don't let fear and all that get in there to stunt the growth of the seed of the Word of God that's in you. Because that Word is effectual, man. It's going to produce. Yeah, it's powerful. And it's going to produce spontaneity and creativity in the ways of love. Because I tell you, I, I told you a while back my hugs had changed. My hugs, even after my mom has passed, have really changed. I just, I just want to be genuine. I don't want to waste a moment. You know, I just want everything to be authentic. I want it to be real. I've been in ministry for, since 1994, so what is that? Vance. <laughs> 04, 14, 28 years, full-time, quote, ministry. And even being in it that long, you can get into a place where it's kind of ritual and rote and side hug and, hey, how you doing? hope it's well. Man, I want to be genuine. I want the real deal. That's what truth is. Truth is this authenticity. And we're people of truth. We're unafraid. I was unafraid to be here last week. I'm so glad I came. And yeah, I lost it a little bit. I cried. But people ran up there and hugged me and loved me. That's right. There's no place I'd rather be. So he says, um, by the grace of God, I am what I am, but grace has an effect. And look what, look what he says. I worked harder than all of them, yet it wasn't me. It was the grace of God that was in me. Grace works. Rest works. They're not opposed to works. They're opposed to earning and deservedness and pride. But man, stuff that's born out of just genuine love for people is beautiful. And here's the other thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He just reminded me. So the Lord speaks to Larry and says, bake Ron and Don a pie. Ron, Don, and Gabby. Bake them an apple pie. You might get prayed up first. (laughs) Maybe Laura should bake it. (laughs) Larry can't go around and go over here to Donna And Robert and say, well, hey, what love is, is love is baking a pie for them. You need to bake apple pies. That's what love. No, 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 (laughs) no. Now, if he wants to encourage, yeah, not if you bake it, huh? It wouldn't be love. If, (laughs) if Larry wants to encourage them to hear the voice of the one who is love and do what he says, 
and have a fun and creative life every day. Who can we love? Who, like I said, even the guy at work, if you bought his lunch for him, he's not really getting lunch. Love did that. It just used the lunch to demonstrate love. Just like we used the turkey and ham to demonstrate love on Thanksgiving Day. We just wanted people who were working to know God was thinking about them. He cares about them. It probably in their mind is awful. You know that they have to work. And so they're probably not feeling very blessed. But for somebody to come in that they don't even know, it says, uh, we wanted you to have this free turkey and ham dinner to let you know that God's thinking about you today. He just, he uses the meal to deliver love. He uses the lawnmower to deliver love. Love is the way. This is, this is really powerful, isn't it? It's, it's really helping us come out of just religious mindset sometimes or human reasoning mindset that we're going to do our own thing and ask Him to bless what we're doing. We're do what He says to do. It'll be a fun life every day. Lord, who you want to love? How do you want to do it? Amen? Uh, righteousness is at work in us. We prove it every day. Uh, we're just simply to surrender. I love this too, and I'm almost finished. I love this statement. We are all bound by the will that chooses good. If you are born again and Christ himself lives in you and you go spreading ill will through your neighborhood and you're not hearing somebody knocking on your heart's door, brother, what are you doing? You're not born again. Because once you're born again, you become bound to the will that chooses good. Now, you may not like, you may tell Jesus, but he deserves. Did you see what he did to my rosebush? <laughs> he deserves payback. I'm not saying the flesh doesn't war. But in your heart of hearts, you're bound by the will of agape. How good and perfect and acceptable is the will of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you get to prove how good he is, how acceptable his idea is. You want to burn the guy's bush down, <laughs> right? Jesus said, you've heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But I say, don't resist him who's evil. Overcome evil with good. God's will is good, acceptable, and it's perfect. I love that. So we're bound by the will that chooses good. And if you're taking notes, write this one down. Agapeo is the verb of agape. And listen to what it means. You can find this in Bible Hub. You can look it up in Strong's Concordance. Agapeo love is God's empowering presence within you, leading you to choose his choices and prefer his preferences. So agape is active in you as a verb. The Spirit of God is active in you as a verb. That's why He's so creative. You're going to choose to do what He asks you to do. And His manifest presence as you're connected to Him is the number one deterrent to sin. Every one of us would have a hard time sinning in the midst of the manifest presence of God. I would dare even say we couldn't do it. When the glory of God is manifesting in you and through you, you cannot sin. Uh, you have to take a break 
from that. Now, is he still in you? Yep, he sure is. And you prove it when you do that big piece of stupid. And he's going, hey, (laughs) that wasn't the plan today. (laughs) But you literally have to leave the manifestness of God. Like when we're worshiping this morning, nobody felt like sinning. I mean, for real. Anybody have a thought? I should go over to Bill and clock him. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> really, why is that? Because the manifest presence of God, your, your living, vibrant connection to Christ is the number one deterrent to sin. I love that. Agapeo. God's love as a verb active in Stacy's heart to choose his choices and prefer his preferences. All of our heart. Scott, you guys can come. I want to say this. Put your, put your faith and trust in God who's at work in you. Know that where you are today isn't where you'll be in a year. <laughs> come on, did you hear me say that? <laughs> know this. Because His Word is progressive, you're not going to be in one year where you are today if... Listen to me, this is important. If you'll put the work in, no. If you'll put the rest in. If you'll put the rest in, not the work. Put the rest in. You will not be in a year where you are right now. Because the kingdom of God that Jesus said was accessible is at work within you. Let me show it to you. Matthew thirteen thirty three. Another parable. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. A woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Everybody say all leavened. He start three, you're a three-part being. He starts in your spirit until he shows up in your thought life, your soulish man, and then your body. That when people see you, they can see him. When you're delivering apple pies or turkey or you're serving somebody, you're washing their feet through that earth suit, Jesus is being revealed. His glory, he's showing up as himself through you, but you're showing up with him because it's your earth suit. That's Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. Now let me show you one more because like leaven... If you'll put the rest in, he'll leaven that whole spirit, soul, and body to look more and more like him. And that's what we all want. That's what we all want. Look at this last passage. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He'll do it. (laughs) May your whole spirit, soul, and body... Look like Jesus. He is faithful to do it. What do you need to do? Put the rest in. Stop plucking up the seed all the time. Stop stop judging yourself unworthy all the time. Stop saying, well, this isn't working. If you'll put the rest in, you'll start looking like Him. Connected to Him, abiding in Him, looking like Him, and then love's creativity does the deeds. The daily deeds. Will you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Scott. That makes sense? That's so good. Let the Word of God have its way in you. You will not be in a year where you are today if you'll put the rest in. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Boy, if you're here this morning and you'd say, Brother Steve, I've never met Jesus Christ. This one that's present in the present tense, that I could hear His voice, that I could know His heart on a daily basis. I've, I've never received Him. I don't know Him. But I want to. If that's you, would you lift your hand 
up in the air so we can acknowledge you this morning, pray for you. Anybody, crucial time, anybody, I want to know Jesus Christ in the present tense. Now, serious question. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I know Jesus Christ, but I'm ready. I'm going to make a decision. Think about it. Don't raise your hand if you're not willing. But I'm ready to live a life without fear and to be given over to perfect love's creativity. If that's you, I want you to lift both your hands. I'm going to lift mine, and we're going to pray together this morning. Father, I thank you by the power of the Holy Spirit that in this room right now, those with hands raised are stone cold serious that we are saying goodbye to fear. And we're saying hello to perfect love's creativity. Lord, that day by day, we're going to put our ear to your heart so that we can carry out love's orders. Because rest is not afraid and rest does work. It does produce. So I thank you by the power of the Holy Spirit all over this room. You are just freshly anointing every vessel here. And Lord, I would say kissing that decision they've made. That I'm free of fear. I'm walking away from Doesn't mean I won't be tempted, but I'm departing from its power today. Making up my mind. And I'm going to live in love creatively. I thank you for it in Jesus' name.